Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open up your Bibles if you would. I want to thank my brother, Isaiah Kennard, for bringing the word last Sunday. And uh, brother can preach, and uh, did a great job. And uh, I'm I'm really thankful to be able to preach this series. Man, I love Ephesians, and uh, it just has a really special place in my heart, and has shaped so much of what life and ministry has looked like for us for all these years. And uh, <clears throat> I think in a in a real way, there's it. If there's ever been a, a you know, an attack or something where I was tempted to do something different. I the vision that I saw in Ephesians has just kept me coming back. I just don't know that I, I I'd be wrecked if I didn't preach this, and uh, so want to do that today as we uh, open up to Ephesians, especially <laughs> Ephesians three. It's a really special place, and uh, Ephesians three brings so many of the themes together. So when he says the administration or the mystery or the grace and the gospel, Christ and the church, all of these themes are coming together. The glory of God, they're all coming together right here in chapter 3. And we're going to do the first bit of it, and then we're going to uh, do the rest of it the next week. Um, but I want to just keep keep us, if we can, it's, it's hard to do that when we are just, we can only preach so much in one week, but keep thinking about the whole. Okay, just keep thinking about the whole. It's the whole. God had a plan before creation to bring us into his family. Even before we were created, even before the creation, before creation, his plan was to bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ and to make those things real in our lives. He chose us. He adopted us. He, he wants us adopted into his family to understand that we're sons and daughters in the family of God. You know, and he wants that for us, that plan of grace and forgiveness and bringing everything together in heaven and on earth together under Christ. That's his plan. That's the big picture plan. He's, that's the, his economy is the, the Greek word. It's oikonomia. We're going to encounter that word again today. But he has a plan to bring everything together under Christ. And so even though it's a mess, even though we're a mess, he's rescued us and seated us with him, and in love poured out grace to us when we could do nothing to save ourselves. This is really, it's good news. It's, it's the gospel, but it doesn't stop there. The gospel doesn't stop there. It's to bring us together as one people, one new humanity that we talked about the last couple of weeks. We've been looking at it from different angles. I did chapter two, then Isaiah did chapter two, and probably a whole bunch of other people in this room could do chapter two and have come up with a bunch more fresh thoughts about it. But it's through the cross of Jesus Christ that he has brought down the wall of hostility and made us to be one people together from all different tribes and languages and backgrounds and ethnicities and generations and economic situations and all of that. We are a multi uh, people that God's calling us to be. And so this letter is so important for the situation that we're in right now, in our culture, where people are divided, where people are without hope, and they're struggling, and they're discouraged. We need the good news that comes through Ephesians. Uh, we had a word 
uh, and I just feel like I just wrote it in my notes. I, I need to say it here. We were praying back here in the, in the green room, and uh, we just waited on the Lord a little bit, and several different people all had heard the same word, to lay it all down. And so I just, just want to encourage you, if there's something you need to lay down during the course of this today, let's lay it down. Just I, So I, maybe that fits in with the, even what I'm going to be talking about. Um, but I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's a good word, so amen. Uh, there's a pastor in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, named Derwin Gray. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but he wrote a book called Building a Multi-Ethnic Church, and I encourage you to, uh, to get that book and read it. It's been an encouragement to a bunch of us around here. But he uses a phrase in talking about the chapter that we looked at last week, chapter two in Ephesians. He said, it's, it's like we're going from mess to masterpiece. So we're a mess, but God wants to turn us into a masterpiece. That's the poiema word there in Greek. It's masterpiece. He wants to, there's good things he wants us to do, and he wants to change us into his image. And so just mess to masterpiece, is, I just thought, man, that's a great way of saying what he wants to do with me and Kim and Micah, Jackie. He wants to take us from a mess to a masterpiece, but not just us as individuals, Right? He actually wants to take us as a church family from being a mess to being a masterpiece. And he wants to take our world, the entire world, from being a mess to a masterpiece. And that's where it's all going. One day, everything in heaven and on earth is going to be under the headship of Jesus Christ. Right now, the focal point is right here. It's in the church. He's head over all things for his body, which is the church the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's where the focus of it is, but God's plan is that it would be worldwide. Global, man. <laughs> there's there's this, I gotta, this, this is a fun story. Lord, uh, this sermon may go a little bit longer than normal, and just, but it's, it's all good, I think. So you need to know the global story, though. So many, year, many years ago, Waken, it's just the, this the, down, it was in, uh, where we used to do it, Juarez, and there's hundreds of college students there laying their lives down, going, worship's incredible, ministry time afterwards, call to give your life, lay it all down. And so uh, this, a friend, Ty, was praying for this guy, and he prayed, put his hand on him. He said, what's the Lord doing, man? And the guy turns around and he goes, it's global, man. He prayed for him some more. He said that global thing a couple more times. He said, so, hey, man, are you, so are, are you like in a, a life group or anything? He's like, no. He said, well, before global, you need to get in some community with some other people. <laughs> but it is global. <laughs> and it's messy. And uh, it's always, you guys, it's always been messy. I, I don't know if you realize that. Like, if we were gonna... If we just wanted to be the church like we read about in the Bible, you know, they're all messy. All of these churches are messy. I, I, you know, we've said it for years. We want to be the church like we read about, but they're all messy. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, let's sing the New Testament letters song. They're all messy. Which one do you really want to be? You know, and so that's the way it is today. It's still messy. And, and yet Jesus is right smack in the middle of us. He's right smack in the middle of our mess and our problems, and we don't have it all figured out. He's always there with his body. It's, 
really good news. We're in a messy situation. We inherited, I'll just go ahead and say it this way, we inherited a mess. And uh, so I, I want to just talk about just on black-white relations in the United States for a little bit. And it's, it's a mess. It's a messy history that we now find ourselves in. And uh, from slavery, several hundred years of slavery, to uh, churches dividing over race, like literally not treating one another as equal brothers and sisters, and so those churches ultimately split and divided. And, you know, God still works good out of all of that. He, he does work good, but it's not his very best for us. He wants us together. The Civil War ultimately happened. I was reading through a little book by Mark Knoll called The Civil War as a Theological Crisis. And he points to the fact that... Um, that it wasn't the church. The church really missed an opportunity to speak directly to the end of ending of slavery, but it didn't. It was the union generals that ultimately ended slavery in America. And, but in that, in the church not speaking to that, the church lost a bunch of her moral voice in being able to speak into things like that in all that happened. So the Civil War, then after the war, for about 12 years was Reconstruction, up to 1877, and then all of that stuff started surfacing again, just in a, it's a, in a little different form. And so then Jim Crow laws start in the South, and that's basically from 1877 up into the 1960s, where that, all of that stuff, the mess is being propagated, just continuing oppression, segregation, pushing people down, less than, all of that kind of stuff. And then it surfaces yet again, in the civil rights movement. You know, um, it, again, the church, uh, Jim Reynolds, who's in our sermon planning time with us, he said he started preaching in the 60s. I was born in the 60s, um, so it was good to have him to be able to speak into what it was like. He said there were people, churches, that did not, he said he, he would try to apply Ephesians to the situation, the civil rights movement, and there were people that said, no, Ephesians doesn't apply to the civil rights movement. Now think about that. But that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're up against. That's the mess. That's the, 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 the mess that we inherited. Even you hear Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail, and you see him appealing to the churches. Come on, help us. Help us in this great battle for equality in our country. And even up into today, you know, where there's different kinds of tensions that, are, that we're experiencing as a culture, as a people, different kinds of things that are happening, and it's, it's messy. It's a, it's a difficult time that we find ourselves in where the Lord is calling us to walk in the unity and the self-giving love that's expressed here in Ephesians, and it's not neat. And so what do we do even in the midst of all that we're living through right now we listen to the words of Jesus and believe the gospel that he preached. And so it, his gospel makes more sense to us. And, and part of, the, I'm going to say some things about the gospel just as we go through this. But, uh, you know, part of the deal is Jesus came and preached this kingdom, the, the kingdom of God. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe the good news. 
And that doesn't make sense to us when the gospel that we've mainly been presented, Isaiah hit on it last week, is a spiritualized version of we're out of here and we're going to heaven. And Jesus comes and preaches this gospel, the good news, that makes change necessary right where we're living. We can't just... We can't just stay the same. We've got to change now, here and now, our thinking. And you guys, uh, so, so for us, just practically, there's times where we need to repent. We look at the past and we go, man, we don't want to do that. We don't want to live that way. We turn, Lord, we turn to you. Align our thinking, align our hearts. We lay down our rights. We, we lay down our, our privileges so that we can be the people that you've called us to actually be together. And it's gonna take great humility because the powers are real. Man, the powers, they, they really are, it's a real thing that we find ourselves in and the powers want us to find our first identity in something besides Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it could be finding our first identity in, in our race or finding our first identity in our political party, or whatever the issue, I mean, I, 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 I want to say, like, good grief, but it's just like, wow, it's just a lot of temptation to find our identity in other things, and the enemy works in that. I mean, the enemy is, he's after us, and I can't, you can't, we can't be an, a mouthpiece for accusation and not think, at least like try to wake up to go, uh, is the enemy using my mouth right now? Because he's the accuser of the brethren. And so where accusation flows through us, it, we have to be on guard that the enemy would be using us. So there's the deception, the, the deception that flows that then brings about accusation and the deception that the gospel is only about being out of here. That's a deception. Jesus didn't preach that gospel. And so it's, and I, it's, it's, it's easy, it's easier to preach that than it is the gospel of there being one new humanity where people have to come together and figure out how to live life together. Is the gospel just the gospel of forgiveness in heaven or is it about being one worldwide family together. And it's both. It's both. Um, you know, and I think one of the things we have to work through, even right now, Lord, wake us up from the deception of thinking we have this all figured out. Of thinking I've already got it down. I understand this. Or I understand Ephesians. Or I understand everything Jamie's going to say today. I... I mean, I, again, I've been standing before this mountain this week, and it's, I'm just I'm blown away and facing obstacles to, to preaching. Pray for me, even right now. And uh, let's stand up and let's read the Word of God together. This is Ephesians 3, verses 1 to 13. Father, bless the reading of your Word today. Help us, give us grace as we stand under the word. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. You can read it with me. That's great. 
Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of, to God's holy apostles and prophets. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel and members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are for your glory. This is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Have a seat. Amen. Can you hand me my water? So the main thing today is this. God's plan is for us to share the riches of Christ and display the wisdom of God in and through the multi-ethnic church. Amen. Somebody. Amen. So God wants us to see some things. He wants us to share some things. And he wants us to show some things. Like, it's all of that. Can we just say, see share and show together. God wants us to see, share, and show something here. So the first one is this. He wants us to see, share, and show the gospel of together. Amen. I was trying to figure out how, what do I, how do I say this point, you know? And so it's the gospel of together, not a different gospel. It might be different than what you're used to hearing but it's the one that Paul preached over and over and over. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise that is in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. So the gospel of together... Once you start to see this, you can't unsee it. Once this starts to get in your heart and in your mind, you can't unsee, I can't make it not happen. I can't make it not, I can't just not think that the nations are supposed to actually be together. The different ethnic groups are actually supposed to be together. You know, and it's, once you see that it's a worldwide family, one new humanity, and that all of these references to gospel refer to that, like, that's, that's amazing. Like, it helps you to understand how much the devil has pulled the wool over the eyes of the church to not even, to where this sounds like news. Like, this, people are going, 
You're saying this is the gospel? I'm absolutely saying this is the gospel. In fact, Romans, I just went back and did some, just, just looking at the way gospel, euangelion is the Greek word, the way it's used and in the context it's used. Like Romans is this famous letter that Paul wrote that people think about it like it's the, it, it's the plan of salvation. But listen to me, seven of the eight times that the word gospel is used in Romans is about Jews and Gentiles being together. In 1 Corinthians, it's about division. When he uses gospel, it's about those divided Corinthians being together. In Galatians, every single one of the gospel references the word, it's used in relation to Jew and Gentile being together. One table. Ephesians, it's like every single one of the the references, it's it's about us being together, about the people of the nations being together. And so then the call of God on us as we read this, Paul said, this administration was given to me. So that's, again, that word oikonomia. It's the economy. And it's used in 110, the economy, when the times to be put into effect, when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring everything to unity, to unity to all things in heaven and on earth. And now Paul has been given it. This, when we say mystery of Christ, we read those words, it's like it was hidden, but now it's been revealed. The cat is, who came up with that one? What in the? (laughs) How often are we we keeping cats in bags? Strange. Why don't you put that cat in a bag? (laughs) But it's out, and he doesn't want to go back in. He's not. The mystery of Christ is out, and it's the gospel of together. It's the gospel that brings people together together, you know, and uh, one new humanity. I mean, it's, it's, I'm still just, I'm blown away. It's the cross. Like the cross of Jesus Christ is about bringing hostility to death and us to life as one new humanity, one new people together. So God wants us to see, share, and show the gospel together. The second one then, God wants us to see, share, and show the boundless riches of Christ. And again, uh, verse, verse eight, although I'm less than the least of the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And, you know, when uh, we all need language for this. Everybody, that it's, it's like salvation. When you start seeing the riches of Christ, that's when, that's when salvation happens. And then you see more of him and you keep being saved. And then you keep seeing more of him, you keep being saved. And we are gonna keep seeing more of him for eternity. So his riches, again, you guys have heard me talk about this verse before. How many hundreds of times I've preached right here to different places and on this passage. I love it. Because there was a time when I, that, that metaphor about smoke rising and the spring popping out of my head, that's because I realized, I read that verse and I realized that I would never get to the end of it. That I could devote my life to treasuring Jesus Christ and I would never get to the end of it. And I don't want to hold on to it. I, it's been given to me to preach to the Gentile, to, to the nations, the riches of Christ that, I, that got in me and I want to do that. And so Jesus is boundlessly, that's my new, I got a new Bible. It used to say unsearchable and, uh, in the old NIV. 
it still does actually. <laughs> but there's a new NIV and it says boundless. And uh, he's boundlessly rich in all that he is, in his identity. Like he's boundlessly rich. You could just start applying that over. He's boundlessly rich in what he's done for us. All the things he's done to make us a people together. He's, that's boundless riches. He's boundlessly rich in what he's doing right now, speaking, leading, healing, delivering. All the stuff he did, he's still doing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's boundlessly rich in what he's doing right now in our midst. He's boundlessly rich in what he's going to do, coming for a bride, having us sit with him on his throne. Isn't that a blow away? Revelation 3, I, to those who overcome, I'll give the right to sit with me on my throne. That's like, ah, it's boundlessly good news. It's bound, pre preaching Jesus is boundlessly rich. It just If you just preached Ephesians, just the stuff that we've been talking about in the last few weeks from Ephesians, he's boundlessly rich in every spiritual blessing in Christ being given to us. In Christ, he's boundlessly rich in choosing us and predestining us for adoption to sonship. That's about, those are boundless riches that grace flows to us and that it's his good pleasure to pour out this love and grace on us. That's boundless riches. It's boundless riches to see that everything's coming together under him. It's boundless riches to see more wisdom and revelation, to know the Father's heart for us. Those are boundless riches that are revealed through Jesus Christ. We understand the Father's heart, that they're persons in relationship from all eternity. Boom, that's a blow away. That our God is relational and loving at his very core. We're gonna talk about that more next week. But he's boundlessly rich in his love for us, in his, in his care for us, in his filling us, in his delivering us, in his forgiving us, in him giving us grace when we were dead and lost and blind and could do nothing to save ourselves. He's boundlessly rich in loving us and saving us and giving us grace and seating us with him in the heavenly places. And it's gonna take coming ages for us to understand the boundless riches of his grace poured out. Just If you could imagine a movie screen, you're going, whoa, whoa, you did all that? Oh, like eternity of that, and that's just in your life. And then it's all of us together, and we understand, like, whoa, it's way bigger than we thought. It's the boundless riches that are actually his inheritance in one another. Like, and it's getting to know Houston is how I learn about these riches. And it's getting to know Lloyd, and it's getting to know Paul. And we have all these beautiful things that have happened in our lives that help us show more of the grace of Jesus Christ, the boundless riches that are ours in Jesus Christ. And imagine then if we could imagine these riches that are in all of the different people groups of all the different places in the world. And they're worship, they've been worshiping around the clock. You know, it's right now it's 11 in Fort Worth. But around the clock, that kind of worship's been going on, nation by nation, nation by nation, people group by people group, and all of that rich wealth, the boundless riches of Christ. Riches is another one of those words that's just all in Ephesians, you know, it's it, it like, wow, that's amazing. So God wants us to see that, he wants us to share that, and he wants us to show that to the world around us. The next one there. As God wants us to see and share and show the administration of the mystery. Verse nine, 
Again, here's that word again. And to make plain the bound, he wants us to, so preaching the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of the mystery, which was for ages past kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the wisdom of God, I'll talk about wisdom in just a second, but, but so the administration of the, the mystery is, is what's gonna happen through us. We're either gonna, we're gonna be a conduit for it flowing through us or we're gonna bottle it up and hold it. And when you've got these kind of riches, you know, it's like treasure hunters. You know, when they're on the team going for the treasure together, everything's great, but if they get selfish and wanna hoard it, they, they start getting fights with each other. And so we've got boundless riches that God wants to flow in and through us and wants us to put on display for the world, but he's calling us to actually join in on that, right? You know, so we just prayed out someone going to the Far East. You know, she's going to share the riches. That's part of the distribution. But God wants us distributing. This is that word again, distribution, economy, oikonomia. Oikonomia is the Greek word. Did I get the accent right back there? Somebody? Yeah, good. Um, Yancey is in the room back there. It's always good to have a Greek scholar when you start throwing out Greek words. Um, but so uh, I passed a, uh, you know, the, my big illustration down through the years is the, the Walmart, the mother load Walmart distribution center. PBS did a special on years ago. And, and it's just the whole thing, the distribution center's emptied out every day, 24 hours, everything in there. It looks like where you'd hide the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and... Uh, Yes, back to Walmart. Um, But uh, there's a new Amazon place down there in Burleson. You know, like Amazon's got it going on on distribution. But actually, the church is way, way bigger for distributing the, the wealth to the nations, the riches of Christ. That's what we're going for here. That's what we want to be in Fort Worth, in this region, this nation, and to the nations. We want to be wealth distributors of Jesus Christ, his boundless riches. And so uh, to see, to share, to show the administration, and then the manifold wisdom of God. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So these are, this is big. This is, the, this is pulling together the whole plan, right? This is God's plan. He talked about in Ephesians 1.10. Now he's pulling that thing together. It's through the church is how he's gonna do that. So the church isn't like, oh man, I got all these saved people. What are we gonna do? They, they need to get together. They need to come together and hang out. and Like, it's actually the, the plan is the people together. Bearing his image, like distinct, different, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different generations, different economic status, but, but together as one. That's the plan. The manifold wisdom. He wants his wisdom seen and put on display to the powers, the rulers, angels, demons, like his beautiful plan put on display in and through us. And uh, Graydon and I were talking the other day. 
he, he's been reading out of the NRSV, and it's, it doesn't say manifold wisdom. It says uh, the wisdom of the wisdom of God in its rich variety. So I think, just think about this for a second. When I think of manifold, I think like big, you know, like something like that. But, and that's a part of the word. It's actually a combination of two Greek words, and one of them is large and big, but the other one is multicolored. His large, multicolored variety wisdom in all its variety. Isn't that great? So God wants to put his, his large, his plan for a diverse, multi-ethnic people that are together in one family because we share one life, the life of Jesus Christ together. He's our primary identity. And, but we don't just merge into, into each other. You know, we're distinct, like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet one. It's the image of God that we're talking about. And his wisdom is seen in every tribe, language. I appreciate James reading Revelation 7. And every tribe, language, nation, and tongue being together. And so we read this passage right here and we go, wow, this may be one of the deepest needs of our culture right now. Is for the church to rise, actually rise up and be the church. You know, that's, for years we've been, we want to be the church. We had no clue when we started all those years ago of all that God was going to lead us into. We just said, hey, let's, we want to be the church. And yet he keeps leading us into more of this and what he has for us, his wisdom being put on display to the powers. And it's, it's not that it's been tried and it doesn't work. Just let that sink in. It's not that it's been tried and it doesn't work. It hasn't been tried. Some places, here and there, rises up and that whole gospel is embraced. We've seen bits and pieces, but you know the Lord wants to do more. And you know how much more? Anybody? Yeah, if you read the end of the chapter, you know how much more. It's immeasurably more. That's how much more he wants to do, immeasurably more. We can't even fully imagine it, and yet every generation has to figure it out in the midst of their mess. In the midst of the mess that we find ourselves in, he's trying to work a masterpiece in our lives. So practically, uh, it's a journey. And practically, I've got three things here, and we'll do some, respond to the Lord, do some ministry. But the first one is, think like a missionary. We need to think like missionaries. And I'm, I just think that's really practical because it helps get us outside of our box of this is the way it has to be because this is the way my life is. If I'm thinking like a missionary, I actually have to change. You know, like somebody, Kathy's leaving to go to the other side of the world. She has to change over there. She has to, one thing, she has to get up at a different time, go to bed at a different time. You change to reach people. And so it will really help us to Think like that's how we started. We said, what, what would we do if we were missionaries? And it helped us to get outside of some religious boxes that we'd been in, of the way that we were doing things. Helped us to get creative. Because we all, our calling here is to bear witness to Jesus. To bear witness. I, that's what I'm trying to do today. And it's, there's, it's, um, it's not with eloquence. It's just Jesus. 
that's the part that I want you to see, not me. Um, you know, and it's not all just Jesus too. There's, I'm the mess in the middle of this as well. And, but we need humility. Becoming a missionary should help us think, like, how can I learn from you? How can I learn from you what's needed in this situation and not be a patronizing person who thinks that they have it all together? I mean, Paul, the apostle Paul, although I'm less than the least of all God's people, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. Is, I mean, he really did a lot to spread the faith, right? But we're looking for the richness as missionaries. You guys know the story. We moved down here as missionaries to Fort Worth. And so we're looking for richness in the people of Fort Worth that are not even yet connected to the church. We, we, we're looking for, what, look, how can I learn from you? How can I bring and help you to see what your calling and place and purpose is in the people of God? So think like missionaries. And really, missionary theme kind of runs through all of this. But the second one then, practical thing, is to hold on to God's plan. So hold on to the vision. Don't let go of the vision of God, this vision that's being unpacked here by Paul for us, the economy. In the midst of, you know, we have to come to grips with our history. We have to come to grips with what's going on in society. All those things are real, but we don't give up the foundation of the vision itself, the theological foundation of of. God's plan for humanity. We don't give that up as we are repenting when we blow it or when our things, different things happen or we have to humble ourselves in, in order to deal with, in a, in a real life way with what's going on in our world and yet we are, uh, we, we are believing, <laughs> we're holding on to, this is God's plan, God's economy, God's wisdom, God's riches, God's answer is bigger than the problems around us. And we immerse ourselves in that story so that our primary story is the story of God, and then we figure out how our American story fits into that, not our primary story being the American story. Or whatever's, you know, on the current version of that narrative. I can't unsee this vision, let me just say it that way. And the Lord wants us all to to not let go of this, to hold on to his plan, right? And uh, then the, the last piece there then is practical thing is that God is sending us into our spheres of influence. You know, we are a tr- we're gonna be a trumpet for this. You know, I, like, Jamie, you're really serious about this. Yeah, because it's like the gospel, I was going through some of this yesterday, and she goes, Jamie, you need to smile more. (laughs) And it's good to have a wife. (laughs) It's a good thing. But he's calling us to be a trumpet, a voice, and and a visible example of what it looks like to love together, even in our differences. And those are not just ethnic, but they're just, we have different life experiences and all of our stuff. And it will be realized not by a leader, a pastor. It's going to be realized when hundreds of people are released out into their spheres of influence. 
into jobs and neighborhoods and school, university. It, it, that's, that's when it's going to be realized is, is all of us engaging with God's plan in our places of influence. That we're marked by this vision. And as Ben was saying the other day, we were talking about this, and marked by his power. Like, like it's his power that does that. He says, I became a, a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And what is that power like? It's the, the same power that God exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It's resurrection power. That's what we're walking in. And brothers and sisters, family, you are the riches. You're the riches. His glorious inheritance is in the saints, in the Lord's holy people. And so now, I'm just, part of this is I just had a burden to unpack this thing we talk about all the time. I've been unpacking Milgamirkmik Florhesic, right? So when I say that, this is what I'm talking about. A multi-ethnic, epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ manifesting, showing the riches, Father's love receiving, Holy Spirit empowered church. That's what we want to do. And when discouragement comes, when it hits us, don't be discouraged. Others have gone before and laid their lives down so we could be here. And in different ways, leaders, we're laying our lives down so that other people can keep going. But he says, look, it's for your glory. It's for the image of God being revealed in you that we lay our lives down for the people around us. We are going from mess to masterpiece. I, I am in process. I can still do goofy stuff. I'm in process, but God's not done with me, and he's not done with us as a church. Amen? Y'all stand up. Aaron, team, come on up. Let's just, we'll spend a few minutes here just responding to the Lord. He's taking us from a mess to a masterpiece, both personally and in our church. He wants to do this in the world. And uh, amen. Yeah, and so Father, would you just give us grace right now to respond to you? Um, yeah, just, yeah, just reminded of that word again, lay it, lay it all down. There's something you need to lay down in this process. Just maybe some thinking that's not right or something in your heart you need to lay down. Yeah, I'm just, what I'm praying is that the Lord would give us faith and vision and hope where we're discouraged. We get like, Lord, can, can you bring good out of all this? And he can, but we need that encouragement in our hearts, fresh vision, fresh hope, fresh faith. And we all get to join in and where the powers are coming against us, distraction, discouragement, the Lord wants to bring breakthrough. And so, uh, yeah, Lord, would you give grace right now for us to humble ourselves and to walk with you, to be completely humble and gentle and to get the blinders off of our eyes. Yeah, ministry team, come on up. And uh, just let's, let's pray for each other. Just if you need prayer about anything that I've talked about today or just whatever the Lord's leading you, prompting in your own heart. A lot of times the Holy Spirit's just 
working on us in different ways. And uh, or anything else. And if you need prayer, please don't leave without getting somebody to pray for you. So Father, meet us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Be bold, you guys. Get prayer. Go for it. We need you, Lord. We want to be your church.